Anyway, the life cycle of a relationship, if you squint, follows the same trajectory of the life cycle of any living being. The humiliating, invincible youth is a time spent building, growing, learning, with little thought given to the accrual of debt to be paid later in that life cycle. Relationships, just as living bodies, both reach a precipice of adulthood where their internal systems are no longer as resilient, self-nourishing. That invincibility is traded for wisdom, maturity, higher reasoning, but also the ever-present terror that the best days might have already passed. An excerpt from the Journal of Isabel Fontaine. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. My name is Bill, and I don't know how to adjust the lumbar support on the king's chair. Do you want to trade back, Kat? Yeah, no, yeah, give me a, give okay. me a second. Yeah, yeah, I'll introduce okay. our friends while we're moving. Uh, okay. We got quality, yeah. fresh, vaccinated Nick. That's true. That is true. How are you, how are you feeling, friend? Uh, better, much better. Good, good. Uh, we got ourselves a Kathleen. You're going to want to take home to your ma. Mm-hmm. Here I am. I clean up pretty nice. <laughs> Kirsten, buddy, we got more Kirsten than you can shake an arrow at. <laughs> I mean, there's always more arrows, so <laughs> if you get enough um, arrows. Kat, I'm, I'm back in the kiddie pool that I usually podcast from, and yeah. I'm noticing uh, you put some water in it. Uh, just for the future, this is a gravy-only pool. Oh, good to, yeah. you want me to go get some instant gravy packets? I got some. No, I got some. I got some. Okay, okay. We can fix this. We can fix okay, I'm, this. I'm done being in charge. This is uncomfortable. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm your host, King Cat, and that was Bill. Hi. Hi. Hi, Bill. Hi, Cat. Her buddy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Previously on Sword of Symphonies, the party left the safety of the village of Pavilion to wander deeper into the jungle partially in search of Cecile's daughter, but mostly in search of riches, as there's a large field of blooming bat bells just waiting for their pollen to be scooped up, put in a big old jar, and, I mean, sold, puffed, whatever. But as the party interacted with the bat bell pollen, they came to realize that there may be something to Canil's ramblings about an ancient adversary. There at very least was a response from it. An intelligent response, or something that could easily be mistaken for one. And so the party made the decision to kill the Batbell Grove. Cecile cast a spell that turned all the pollen to salt, effectively making the soil unusable. Nobody exploded, despite my... My best wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Penelope took to the sky and saw another smaller grove of bat bells a little bit further up the mountain, surrounding a little gateway into the darkness, which I believe is where the party's headed next. Up the mountain we go. Or that was the plan. I don't know. Maybe everybody wants to go home now. <laughs> we almost got there, but then we decided, mm, it's fine. I think, yeah, Penelope's forging forward. Yeah, with the ominous message I got, I'm definitely walking forward. Kat, I don't remember if 
we specified. Did I accidentally turn all of the pollen inside the amber jar to salt? I, I, I'm not going to do that to you. Like you worked you. hard to gather the pollen. Thanks. Thank you. My hands got all yucky. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your hands got all yucky. You interacted physically with something that seems to wish you harm and know you deeply. Don't worry. I'm not going to also take away your riches. Thanks. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> your jar of psychic pollen. <laughs> what is the jar doing right now? Like, does it seem to have been affected by that in like that it knows what happened? The little whirl eddies that you could see on the inside the jar are kind of picking up speed. It looks like there is a tiny sandstorm happening in a tiny desert on Cecile's back. I just realized something that we never asked. Um, Cobb is actually going to turn to Tissa and go, does any of this feel demon related? This seems like something they would do, create a flower like this. Um, I mean, I guess I, hmm. I'm going to roll Understanding Spirits about it. Go for it. Two successes and an edge. Let's see. If you have three or more successes, I'm going to give you a pretty easy way to find out a concrete answer. Okay. However, it's bad and naughty. (laughs) So are you going to take an edge success or the four? I'll take the four. Okay. If this is a demon, it has not let you know what it wants, which is unusual because demons are obsessive. They have an all-consuming want. But you could ask it. So I think that Tissa's gonna do that. Um, Gonna use speaking Dune again. And ask, do you want something? I guess I really want to know if you're a demon, but I think that I maybe just want to know what you want. And I don't know. Maybe just a scatter. Okay. So one scatter we established is going to give you just like a, a word or a brief like Automatic writing style response, right? Yeah. If what you want to tell me costs more than that, I can... It's okay to challenge me. (laughs) It's okay (laughs) to make me use my brain every now and again. (laughs) Heaven knows I try to get away without doing it. But what happens is your hand, just like before, begins to write. Begins to trace the word and it actually like begins to appear in the pollen on the other side of the jar. The word nothing. And then before you can stop yourself, your hand returns to the N. Nothing. Again, nothing. And irresistibly, you just return to the beginning of this word and keep going. Nothing. Nothing. I mean, that's not... Really? That demonic? It's something else entirely, right? Well, it's nihilistic if it's anything. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, eating people is something. And, like, 
wanting to be alone is something. Um, touching stuff is something. Nothing most certainly isn't something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but isn't, doesn't everything come from nothing? Um, huh? Cobb just kind of scratches his head. I, I don't think I ever got that far into philosophy. Questions like that make my head hurt. Hmm. But I'm not, um, at least I guess, would you say it would, would, it's, it's not demonic. It's something else. I think it's itself, whatever that is. Well, I'm hoping that it means nothing is that it, it wants nothing and not that it wants nothing to be around, but we should probably keep moving. We might find more information at the other grove. I'm keeping an eye on you, jar of psychic pollen. <laughs> so you all make your way through the jungle up the hill. Even through your scarves, you can smell the bat bell pollen now. It is floral and bitter and once you get used to it, not unpleasant. Kind of a resiny, perfumey odor, but after a while, it starts to give you a headache. It's hard to see the closer you get to the second bat bell grove as more and more of it is kicked up into the air. And soon you all arrive at a second patch of bat bells, this one smaller than the first, growing impudently around a wrought iron fence. Cat, is that fence cleared away around enough to see like where it ends or if it's a rectangle around something? You can see a corner of it. It's clearly like was meant to enclose something, but you can't see all the sides. They're, the bat bells are growing too thick around it. And you are near the edge of the mountain where, sticking out of the mountain, there is a doorway. And now that you are up close, through the haze of pollen, you can see that it is a door carved out of stone. There is a bat carved above it with its wings spread out over the top of the doorframe. And the sides of the doorframe are adorned with carvings of bat bells. And on the corners, too, there are pictures of bat faces with big ears and wide eyes. Well, unless they're able to hold simple tools, I can't imagine the flowers made that. (laughs) Probably not. It does smell good. I understand, I think... One of the reasons why people like this stuff. Are the spell pieces the same here? The ones that you can sense are holy, vicious, knowing, mirror, and wind. There is another one if you want to roll. Yeah, why not? Let's roll. Give me a focus roll, please, Cobble. And Cobb got one edge success and two regular successes. Two successes is enough for me to give you one of the words. There's an additional one if you have three. However, I am going to ask you to scatter. I'll take the scatter. Cobb has not used any of his yet, so. Okay. So one of the words that you hear is I, as in the anatomical E-Y-E. Okay. And one of the words that you feel very clearly and very profoundly is the word trap. (laughs) 
Cat, do my eye spots allow me to feel anything? Hidden natural dangers in a scene such as a pit, toxic creature, or dangerous plant. Other than bat bells, obviously. I'm going to say that you are aware of normal-ass jungle dangers. There okay. is a snake over yonder who you should not fuck with. Yuck. There is a... First of all, snakes are beautiful. Thank you. Second of all, don't fuck oh, no, with that I was one, sorry, sorry, I was, I was saying yuck because it was so far away because I lo- love it. Okay, good. Yeah. Thank you. Good. <laughs> and uh, also, I'm not sure if this counts as a danger necessarily, but the wind is blowing into this shrine. Okay, I want to illustrate to that for the group. I'm going to pluck another bat bell and just toss it up in the air and see how far it like gets pulled in. Yeah, it gets pulled a good foot from where you dropped it, which is a lot because these are heavy, like big flowers. But as it hits the ground, it falls on its back like every other bat bell you've dropped. And the puff of pollen moves inward. Hmm. Is the wind moving into the door warm or cold? Or I guess cool. It is pretty warm. It is a warm day. But I guess it it doesn't feel unusually warm. No. Feels like that's where the jungle wind is pointing. Okay. Okay. I want to approach the door. Is it open or closed? It is wide open. It is a yawning black void. Okay. I want to put the jar down and just see if it gets pissed off if I take my little box cutter and just scratch a couple hatches into the carving on the door. Doesn't seem to. Okay. Actually, it's hard to describe this reaction. And it's not just because I'm bad at describing things. It's just that this is something that's legitimately difficult to put into words. I promise. It almost seems to, like, slosh toward what you're doing and then just settle down into an even layer. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Actually, Cobb wants to cast a spell. What kind of spell does Cobb want cast? Cobb is going to cast Trap Wind, and he is going to essentially, like, trap a little bubble of clean air around everybody. Well, I like that. Yeah. And how much scatter will that cost, Kat? Tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I took a page out of your esteemed book. And the second you enter here, we are in effectively a combat situation. So how much do you want to add to the pool? Uh, Cobb has spent only one to find the word, so we'll put three in. Okay. So, yeah, Cobb makes this bubble of pure, clean air Looks like it's made out of gold because the outside of it is so heavy with pollen. But inside, that floral scent is gone. The haze is gone. And you can see one another clearly. How big is the room? The doorway? Mm-hmm. Everyone but Tissa will have to duck a little bit. Tissa will have to tilt the spear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does it like enter into like a room or is it more like this is carved into a naturally occurring cave kind of thing. Right now, there is what appears to be a hallway. The walls of it are smooth. Strangely smooth, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Well, it means someone or something has been here if the walls have been worked. Hmm. And it was fenced off? Yeah. It was. Cobb is getting to work, getting his little lantern out and running. Big 
I'm getting kind of itchy. Do you have more of that stuff? Maybe I maybe I'm dehydrated. Oh, uh, yes. Maybe yes. I'm itchy. I don't. Mm. No, because it's in my mouth too. Mm. Well, here, keep. Don't get caught in mouth while we're up here. And Cobb hands Tissa one of the, I guess, the water skin full of his pirate energy drink. <laughs> Penelope's going to roll an understanding medicine. Is this uh, itchiness an allergic reaction to the pollen? Mm, I guess give me some rollsies. Oh, um, one success. <laughs> you're pretty sure. I mean, you're not feeling itchy. Okay. Although, now that you mention it, your extremities are starting to go a little bit numb. Which makes your hands feel weird and slightly tingly. Oh, dear. Hey, um, does anybody else feeling a bit numb? Like, their hands are falling asleep? No, not particularly, but if this is something for the pollen, I'm much larger than everybody, so it'll take a little bit longer to hit me. Uh, Cecile, do you still have some of that... I guess antitoxin? I do. Not enough to share around ad infinitum, but worse comes to worse. As long as everyone can still walk, I say we save it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still doing fine. Just, hmm. Well, keep us informed. If it gets worse, then we might need we might need to use that. There's less pollen in here, though, so hopefully we won't have as, any extra exposure. Cobb is also going to uh, wet one of the scarves that he's using as a guard because that'll help keep more pollen particulate out of his mouth. That's a good idea. Cobb, are you wetting it with the Gatorade? <laughs> no, Cobb also has regular water. <laughs> Electrolytes. He's not going to waste his switchel. <laughs> it's not a waste. If yeah, you could suck on it and like get the get the taste every now and then. Ew! Get some electrolytes <laughs> in your lungs. Oh. <laughs> the the pleasant scent of. Of lemon and ginger. And molasses. It's an age of <laughs> sale air freshener. <laughs> <laughs> it just tastes uh, like a liquid ginger snap. It's so weird, gang. Okay. So, uh, welcome to Frathamuth's Temple. There's some special rules. The first one is that while you are here, anyone can choose to gain a scatter to add a die to a skill roll. Ooh, Okay. We also have a fourth goal. So we have destroy. Destroy in this case is to destroy the grove of bat bells that is here. We have redirect, which is the rather abstract, convinced whatever this spirit is to leave humanity alone. We have outlast, which is to leave the temple safely. And we also have navigate, which is to find your way to the center of the temple. When Navigate is advanced, Outlast becomes more difficult to advance. Because you're going deeper in. Hmm, okay. You've started with a pool of three, thanks to Cobb's spell. So now my question is, what's everybody's uh, adaptability tactics, please? Wow, that's a lot of twos, threes, and fours. Cobb got nothing. Oh, no. Well, you already contributed three with your very good magic, so. Penelope got two. Yeah, and I got two successes, too. Dissa is wary and paying attention, I guess. I got two edges. I think I'm distracted looking for signs of Isabel or all of the party's friends. Okay. Keep the edge successes and you'll be the first target? 
Yeah, sure. So we have nine? Yes. I think whatever we do, we do fast. Like, think of it like when you go into a cave. I guess Cobb, for his turn, is just going to to use sensitivity tracking to look for signs that Isabel, Rada, Fulquin, and Daybreak have come this way, or some of them. Gotcha. And this will just be adding to the pool. That is a much, much better roll. Uh, that is three successes. Oh, great. Okay. On three dice. So Cobb did bad roll, then good roll. Cat, what's the difficulty to navigate? Difficulty to navigate is four. I think in the spirit of we should move fast, Tissa wants to roll understanding navigation to navigate. That's our Tissa. Two successes, a four, two edge successes. Keep the edge successes and the difficulty to outlast is going to be increased more than usual when you increase navigate. What do the rest of you think? I think we kind of already are planning to navigate. Yeah. Okay, so... You said it was difficulty four right now, so. Yes. Don't need anything from the pool then. Okay. What about Penelope? What's Penelope doing? How far, like how far, we're just in the first hallway? Yep. You've made your way down to a split. And I think with Tissa's aid, you have chosen your path and are moving deeper in. Okay. I think... Well, actually, it makes more sense to contribute to the pool. Um, going to roll like an understanding survival just to be keeping a lookout what's around and, you know, any like hazards that could be in this old temple. Yeah. Oh, wow. Actually, <laughs> it rolled really well. Four successes. Nicely done. We are very <laughs> prepared. <laughs> so what is our pool at now? 16. 16. Ooh. So Bill, what's Cecile doing? So, so far we've seen this is kind of a, a mess of hallways and not like one grand room we've gotten to yet. Yeah, um, it, I wouldn't describe anything as a grand room so far. So far it's mostly passageways connected to passageways connected to passageways. Heck yes. Okay. Uh, then I would like to cast a spell. Mm-hmm. I would like to cast Erupting Mirror. Ooh. Yeah. That's evocative. Thank you. (laughs) I like it a lot. Please tell me more. Absolutely. So I guess this also would just end to the pool realistically, unless I could sell you on this advancing navigate. But what I'm thinking is uh, I would like to, at any corner, be able to see around those corners and create almost like a kaleidoscope through the hallways that we can sort of see destinations uh, a couple turns ahead of us so we don't get lost. Oh, I love that. That's yeah, amazing. I would, let that, I would let that advance navigate, yeah. Okay, cool. Please tell me what this looks like in more detail. Absolutely. You know how there's a bunch of lava everywhere? So realistically, we're like in some volcano-y situations? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. So the corners of these hallways just sort start of start to split open um, and they're like they're actual lava for just a moment. But as that lava starts to harden, it hardens into a mirrored substance. And the corners of these hallways are now more uh, concave mirrors that allow us to like bounce our vision like down a couple of them so we can see uh, ahead of ourselves. And it hardens into mirrors at all of the, the corners of the hallways. 
Okay. Ooh. So how much do you want to spend on this? Two and two, all right. I'll take two. We take two from the pool. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Okay. So here's the part where I tell you that the temple takes four actions around. Oh, well, oh. there are four of us, so that makes sense. Everything in this temple is a shifting and wavering cloud of gold. You can see little whirl eddies around your feet as you walk and around every movement of this bubble that encloses you. It shines on the air like you're in the inside of a golden opal, just faceted, catching what light you have brought down into this place. The first thing that it is going to do is something that you have felt before. You have felt the pollen pulling at the edge of your mind before. This is Fantasia. Spend two or everyone scatters one. I'm cool with spending two. Or do you think we should save it for something more serious? Well, if it's anything like the last time, it does the makes you take more scatter than makes you take lots of damage. So I guess it depends on where we want to um, spend. Actually, didn't haven't we all done a little bit of scatter? Maybe we should. We've all done a little. I my thought is, yeah, we should spend so that we have our scatter available to us. Yeah, let's let's spend the two. Yeah, I th- I've, I've spent one scatter already, but it does go fast. We can absolutely afford two. All right. The next thing it is going to do is somewhere in the shining golden fog that fills this place. Cecilia, you could swear you hear footsteps. And you look up at one of your mirrors to see the silhouette of a short-haired young girl running down one of the hallways. The dungeon is trying to advance navigate. Huh. You want to spend two? To advance navigate? No, to stop it from doing that. Oh, <laughs> By sorry. the way, the dungeon yeah, yeah, wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. I, I, did, I was upside down. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be for that if I see Isabel. I think we're in for a penny, in for a pound here, so I say let it. Let's get trapped. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I bound off ahead as soon as I see her. Yeah. Sometime before Cecile dashes off, Tissa says to Cobb and Penelope, this is kind of like the Gaius' temple, except... The Gaius Temple at least kind of liked us. Hmm. Didn't you get that feeling? Yeah. This Gaius Temple was, like, cold, and this one's, like, hot-tempered. I suppose literally, huh? Huh. I don't like being in here. (laughs) Yeah, Cecile, wait. um, We better go after him. Yeah. Hey, Penelope. Yes? What you looking at? Um, I think Penelope was trying to keep an eye on Cecile, uh, because Cecile took off ahead of us, and then we're trying to follow. So I think, yeah, Penelope would be looking at Cecile. Okay. You feel as if somebody has grabbed you by the wrist. A small hand, not a very large one. From behind. Oh, uh... And Penelope kind of like slows in her tracks and turns to where a person would be if I was being grabbed. This is probably to be expected, but no one is there. Uh, 
hear a voice say, that was easy. You're a fool. It's always going to be easy. Because you are a fool. What? I don't need to stop them. I just need to stop the foolish one. The, the, right? the foolish? Um... And you can spend four or Penelope's going to lose her actions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Well, we still have a bunch. I say we, I say we spend the four. Yeah, I'm fine with that. We have 12 right now. Yeah, we have 12 right now. Penelope, like, kind of has been stopped and is, like, kind of freaking out a little bit. But then is like, hey, everyone. And gets sort of helped along by the party. Oh my gosh, that was weird. Yeah, drink drink some water if you need it. This place is um Yeah, I don't like this place, but come on, we got to we got to go. It 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 it, it, it was talking to to me. Like yeah, I don't like it. Don't like it. Something to keep an eye out or an ear out, I guess then. So let's stick stick close everybody. Let's go get our guest. Speaking of which, Tessa, as you walk, you see yourself surrounded by pathways leading into darkness. The light of the lantern only reaches so far, and every single one of them looks identical. The shining gold on the air only lasts as long as the beams from the lantern do. And then there is nothing. That's not me saying that, mind you. The phrase, and then there is nothing, echoes in your ear. There is nothing, and none of it matters. You know this. You know none of it matters. Because you know I've lied to him and you can't stop him. Nothing matters, and the only thing that exists is falsehood. There is no truth, let alone an important one. And I've tried to do the same thing to Tissa, so unless you want Tissa not to do things until treated, you're going to have to spend four. And then thank me for not using darkening fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh -huh. I like the idea of Tissa being able to do things. Yeah, let's keep everybody up and running here. All right. And that is the temple's turn. I think Penelope is going to add to the pool. Going to help sort of navigate forward by casting a spell called Knowing Wind. Okay. You know how like caves breathe and you can feel where they're mm -hmm. like, um, so this kind of enhances that effect by giving it a slight shimmer so that it's easier to follow. Okay. So how much were you hoping to spend on this? I'm going to add to the pool and I'm going to okay. cast a spell of three. Three. Okay. I'm actually going to give you four for that three. Oh, cool. Thank you. Because the, the way this place is built, the air is blowing in toward the center. So the, the air is kind of naturally already doing the thing that your, your spell does. It's just you're drawing attention to it. Okay. You know how you do that thing where you like lick your finger and put it up to the wind and then it like mm -hmm. feels the wind? Mm -hmm. She does that. And then as her finger's there, it starts to like create this sort of like faint purplish shimmer and follow a trail of the wind, making it easier to follow into the cave. What about the rest of you? 
Let's see, Cobb is going to add to the pool, but we are going to be using daring tracking as Cobb just kind of runs on instinct after Cecile, and he. I'm going to activate my key of solidarity. Okay. Ooh. Are you looking to advance, uh, now add to the pool or advance navigate? Uh, it was add to the pool. Okay. Do it. So let me, let me re-roll that because I rolled most of them onto the floor. No five second rule for dice. They don't count. <laughs> well, that was a whole lot of dice, but that was a pretty bad roll. So that was just two successes. Mm. Yeah. Cobb rolled eight dice and got four twos. <laughs> oh, <laughs> jeez. I guess that's to make up for his like six six five earlier. <laughs> <sighs> what is it saying to all of you? Um, it, it said that it just needed to stop the me, the foolish one. That's what it said. It tried to grab me. I figured it would have been aiming that one at me. Um. Okay, do I hear anything? And if I can roll specifically. Yeah, what do, what do you... Uh, okay, uh, I want to I wanna add to the pool, uh, and I'm going to roll just flat sensitivity, but I'm going to... So I cleared out my keys because I was just tracking things that I had sort of done in character. Um, I'm going to activate family. Okay. So sensitivity, family, uh, and like just try to keep my eyes, however many mirrors away, on this vision of Isabel. Okay. Give me some rolls. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Five dice, one edge success. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> I mean, if you keep the edge success, a dungeon is going to succeed at advancing navigation. <laughs> Great, perfect. I'm into it. <laughs> so we've got 11 in the pool. We've advanced navigate four times. And now it's Tissa time. Well, uh, did I hear anything when I'm like hyper-focused on uh, whatever looks like Isabel? Um, you can hear footsteps. Okay. Yeah. You could hear footsteps echoing through the temple. When there was one set of footsteps, I could hear them and that was really messed up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> So does Cecile say anything or is he still just like sort of frantically chasing? Um, I yell back. Oh, I yell back nothing. Oh, I don't think Tissa elaborates on why that was a particularly good flavor. Um, I think that what she is going to do is she is going to have the equivalent of a... Uh, you know when you get in an argument with somebody in your head in the shower? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you make up a guy? Yeah, she's going to make up an adversary spirit and get mad at it. Okay. Um, And that's going to be uh, understanding spirits, I guess. Rolling to uh, the pool? Yes. Rolling to the pool. Three successes, two edges. If you keep the edge successes, what am I going to do to you for that? If you keep the edge successes. You know what? In order for you to keep these edge successes, I want to hear from you what you're saying to the guy and what you imagine the guy is saying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
you to hand me those cards, please. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a consequence for Kathleen, not for Tissa. <laughs> I'm going to use it against Tissa. Make no mistake. <laughs> so at least four people have talked about meaning and meaninglessness and nothing at Tissa today. And so, like, well, but there's not nothing ever because, I mean, I do a thing, it's because the thing around me did a thing and that thing happened because that thing happened. There's always a, in in the record, the record's been going on for a really long time, but there's always another word before it. When a plant grows, it's because there's this type of soil and sometimes they like slopes and the slopes are there because, well, the cataclysm sometimes, but there were things before that. But there keeps always being something before. So where is the nothing? So that is, I believe, five in the pool, yeah? At the end of your round. The first thing that is going to happen is it is attempting to use lure. That is to say, those footsteps are leading forward. Are you following them? You can spend two to say you are not. Otherwise, we are going to finish advancing navigate. I think we should finish advancing navigate. I'm... It is it is better radio if we see where we're going. Yeah, we're we're already in here. We're following. We we're under the impression that perhaps the other travelers have come in this cave, or at least we're following Cecile, who who believes he sees Isabel. So yeah, I think we follow. All right. So Cecile is the first to find out that Isabel is not here. What? That is to say, he rounds a corner and there are no footprints in the ground. The footsteps have abruptly stopped. And as Cobb closes the distance behind him with the lantern, you can see that he has found himself in a large central chamber. One probably twice the size of his little speakeasy. There is light coming in through a hole in the ceiling. And there is... There are plants here that grow, including a couple lovingly tended bat bells. And the room is thick with pollen. Dunes of it are gathered against the walls, against every available surface. And as you step in, they swirl around in response to your presence. And it's going to use one more move. You can spend three to stop it from doing this if you like. The pollen in the room swirls together, begins to combine, grows into a single dune in front of this bat bell. And that dune struggles to its feet, pushing itself up. And as it does, it pushes itself into a roughly human form, taller than Cecile, not quite so broad as Cobb with long, almost praying mantis-like forelimbs. And behind it, a halo of golden pollen. 
And I'm going to take the next two actions next time because I believe it's memory time. Um, I, I really dig this cave. It's just, oh, how do I describe it? Like going deeper into the, like, like the cave actively like hates you. It's weird to have a place hate you and like dislike your presence. And I dig that in that this pollen in this cave is like, I don't know, it, it's, it's cool. I like it. Yay. Yeah, no, the, the cave setup is really cool, um, but I guess that one was you, so I'm also going to say I loved Tissa making up a guy and getting mad at him. <laughs> Me too. That, that was real good. Um, I, I enjoy the adversarial nature of the pollen being very personalized, and I hope, Kat, that you had fun coming up with sort of like personal ways to prod at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, and I'm, I apologize, I'm kind of combining uh, Kathleen's and Kirsten's, but I feel like looking at the arc so far, like it's, it has gotten number one, more claustrophobic, but then number two, more of a specific threat rather than like a general, uh, like, uh, uh, adventure goal to just pick stuff. It's like, this has been a steady, uh, uptick in, uh, anxiety, and it's really good. <laughs> oh, great! Yeah. I'm glad I'm being upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, psychotropic anxiety pollen is a pretty good villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, now that it's used shapeshift, it has different moves. It still has the old ones, so please don't go below six in your pool. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> You're all going to hate it if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you all for playing with me, everyone. Yay. Thank you. It was real good. Yeah. I'm glad. And thank you for listening to us, listener. We appreciate that you're here. It means a lot. If you would like to say things that have absolutely no bearing on this horror show, you can do that by getting on Twitter and checking us out at Peach Garden RPGs or on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord or on our own Heroic Discord, the link to which is in our Twitter profile. You can also contact us using the email form on peachgardengames.com. That'll send an email to me, Kat. Hopefully not with distressing things in it. Please don't. And finally, thank you so much for joining us for this arc and for doing our intro today. Bill, where uh, can yeah. people find a Bill? Uh, you can just come over. I'm not doing anything. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, you can find uh, me along with Kat on Tales from the Tabletop. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at TFTT underscore presents or check out the website TFTTpresents.com. Great. Great. And listener, I've spent a lot of time today being a very spooky cat, but I like you a lot and I hope you have a good day. And we'll catch we you all, all next time. Happy Bye. Halloween. Ooh. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you.
be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. What does a barbarian war criminal, an undead cultist, a pyromaniac goblin, a hot topic reject, and a bard whose family is very, very cursed all have in common? Well, that's very simple. They're all our main cast. We are Goblets and Gays, a mostly Pathfinder 2E podcast set in a homebrew world. If Pathfinder isn't your thing, we have all sorts of other awesome games for you to enjoy. Join us every Wednesday for episodes of our main campaign, Blood of Kings, as these chaotic gays attempt to locate some missing royalty. Don't forget to follow us on all social media channels at Goblets and Gays to stay up to date with our amazing projects. And remember to eat your vegetables.